This is a public service announcement from horror movies. If you ever come across a creepy old man that has no living family and all of a sudden is raising a small child, it's nothing to worry about. If a full-grown man comes out of a ladies' room with a young girl, don't worry about it. It's fine. This has been a public service announcement from horror movies. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hello, friends. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk. This is Bryce Hansen. I have a PhD in spookology, and across from me sits... <laughs> hey, I'm Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. Sorry about that energy. It's... <laughs> Here at Horror Movie Talk, new theatrical releases get priority, so we're going to be reviewing Don't Breathe 2. Don't Breathe 2. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the first one, but even, but just insane. (laughs) Before we get started, a cool thing you might not know about Horror Movie Talk is we have the very best community of any podcast you've ever listened to. If you go over to our Facebook group, on Facebook, you'll find that out, and just want to say congratulations to Alan R. for the new baby that he posted about on hey, our Horror Movie Talk group. Hey, opa, mazel. He posted a, a picture of the baby, and it looks like... Does it look like too Jason? Good. It looks like a movie baby, like a <laughs> a baby that's two months older than it should be. Bring in the stunt baby. And they, like, spray some goo on it, and they're like, yeah, this is newborn. Was it born on Friday the 13th? Um... I think. God damn. I think so. That's legendary. A horror movie fanatic has his child born on Friday. The, that's a li, that's a literal small town he, news headline. Mm-hmm. And he's not naming it Jason. So. Oh. Well, that's a that's a waste. So, you know, congratulations but you are a disappointment to us. <laughs> It's a double-edged sword. Check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media and all of the things that we want you to find. Um, Today is the second Saturday, (laughs) so I guess we're going to have a watch party. Yeah. I was going to do it last night, but then it didn't have the the stream thing, whatever that... Streamlounge.io, which is where we will be streaming... If you don't have a streamlounge.io account and you want to participate in second Saturday watch parties, maybe sign up for streamlounge.io. Um, yeah. Yeah. David! David! It's free. Um, so anyways, we'll have that tonight and every second Saturday until we decide we don't want to do it anymore. It's pretty cool because it's like Twitch, but for watching movies, yeah. you know, so you can you can watch us watch the movie with you watching the movie yeah. with us and chat and blah. Speaking of Twitch, we do have a Twitch channel that David is very active on, and he gives eh. makeup tutorials and plays games. Yeah, I, I put makeup on last time. I liked it a lot. I got to tell you, this, it awoken something inside me, <laughs> and uh, and I liked the way I looked. You, I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> I did. I just felt pretty. 
And my girls thought I was pretty too. Well, know? it really makes your eyes pop when you wear mascara. Yeah, it was, that's the thing I learned from theater. It was nice. I, it was nice to be noticed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you use that. That helps us out a ton. Yeah. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. Um, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, the number is 682-253-4468. We'll say that again later, or you can just rewind it if you need to. Um, and also we have the elusive and mysterious bodily body fluids exchange yeah it wouldn't be go ahead and read that number which is 252-228-4628 yeah you, you guys really need to step it up with the farts the queefs all that stuff get your girlfriend to queef on the phone it'll be fine just you know we just need more it's see we haven't seen any evidence of this and i'm starting to wonder if this is just a fetish thing for david, Ouch, david. whether he's Ouch, literally david. just using it for his own devices because Hasn't benefited the podcast yet. You know, what do I say? If, if nobody calls in, there's no content. I'm just saying, you're, there could be like 10 calls a week, and I wouldn't know. Maybe you're just listening to them getting it off. Oh, I can it. show it to you, but uh, yeah. Anyway, we've got a great show today. We're going to start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good, it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about this film, and then later on we will uh, be listening to voicemails and horror movie whores. Whore! Whore! And uh, we still have some that... We're left from last time and some more. Since. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got thick, ropey loads of backed-up voicemails. Mm. Yeah. So, we went and saw Don't Breathe 2, and it was bonkers. Fucking awesome, dude. I, the the more I marinate in this movie, the happier I am about it. Mm, I have the opposite view. Here's the trailer. Phil. The gun is in my hand. Sorry. I'll make it next time. You almost got me, didn't you, boy? We had a lot of fun today. I could take her gun next week. No. Home safe. Tell her you.
passiert. I see it, David. I see what he sees. It's a shitty movie. Alright, and then the rest of the trailer. Um, so anyways, two sorry, two don't breathe two. Don't breathe two can be found only in theaters. Right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is apropos because like you shouldn't be breathing. Definitely not. COVID is resurging. COVID nineteen. And it's like a sequel to the first res- Don't Breathe 2 is a wholesome coming-of-age tale of a blind father teaching his young daughter how to survive in the world. This sequel to Don't Breathe takes the elderly kidnapper-slash-rapist and casts him as the good guy. (laughs) When a band of home invaders come to kidnap little girl, old man not like this. He listened good. Bangy-bangy-choppy-choppy. This movie is bonkers. It's It's supremely insane. Like, I... And from from our quick take review, like I know that we're going to diverge on our opinions about this movie. Yeah, um, and uh, it'll be a good conversation. But um, it makes so many absurd choices and switcheroos that I asked myself about every ten minutes, what am I supposed to be thinking right now? Like, what's the what's the point of the things that are going on right now? And Shut why- up, stupid! Sin and and get. Get fucked, buddy. The world in which this movie inhabits is so depraved and insane that I started rooting for the little girl to die just so she could escape the hell that is her life. It's, uh, yeah, I know it's, 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 it makes you question everything. It makes you, it makes you sad and makes you feel lots of weird emotion. It's like just gross. Yeah, it's real gross. Yeah, it's, uh, and the first movie was real gross too, but it was an actual movie. Like I felt like it didn't it didn't feel that it didn't feel like this. This yeah. this is this is like the, this gets put on a shelf, you know, right. of like I- interesting ideas right. that are gross. Like yeah, there's so many times where my suspension of disbelief was completely shattered that it's almost impossible to watch this as a movie and I ended up looking at it like performance art. This is this is a good point. This is a really good point. C- keep keep going. Um, the ideas of character, theme, and morality are thrown out the window to give way to just pure de- depraved spectacle. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, if you're looking for gore and kills, this movie has that in spades. If you want to have a story that is consistent, where things happen for a reason, this ain't the movie for you. Ah! No, I think I think I think things happen for a reason in this movie. Um, it's just it's just always turned to ten. the The volume is turned to ten every with every decision. Um, there's no room for for neutrality or mild yeah, behavior. I mean, there's enough inconsistencies, and I've I've got a list of them in the spoilers that we're going to start off on. This is it's not. This we'll is call this like, episode Bryce nitpicks yet another movie. I know you're going to say that, and I know it's like okay, cinema sins. Let's like mm-hmm. nitpick these stupid things. These you are said like, it. You said it, not me. These are legitimate. Like, it's not like oh, why is she why is she an astrophysicist when she's so gorgeous? It's like no, this is like literally huh. like. The character acts this way, and then it's revealed that they're this. So there, 
it makes no sense that they would act that way before. See, okay, okay and and I'll I'll address this once you're done with your review. Sure. Here. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad you spoke about it in the way you did because yeah. it unlocked something for me just suddenly. Just I'm sure now. I'm sure I can I could find reasons to explain these inconsistencies and like, but it's not. Yeah, no, don't try. Don't yeah. don't try. That's not the point of this movie. But it would be like. It would be like a fan theory. It this wouldn't a make bon- sense. This is a, a straight like it, it. Like I'm so impressed with how fucking insane this movie yeah. is. Uh, where do we go? So the plot is just a series of events that just happen sequentially, and the only thing that almost holds it together is that there's a consistent stream of surprise reveals and switcheroos in the second and third act that it captures your attention like a car wreck might. Like it's. That's the only thing that really is driving the movie is are those like yeah moments. Other than that, it's it's literally just like depraved violence. This is a comic book. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> this is exactly a comic mm. book. Because <clears throat> with comic books you need to catch people's attention visually and thematically. Um, and then the plot is is kind of a kind of a, a back seat. I, instead, it's it's like oh shit, whoa, the, wow, the Joker cut off his face. Holy fuck, that's nuts. Right. And then you just get to the next thing where it's like oh now he's wearing it, and it's like oh, well, that doesn't. I mean, it makes sense because he's the Joker, but right. also like, but but it mostly it's like. It's a it's a different style of storytelling, bar none. Like and and the rules are shifted. Like I in our quick take review, I said this reminded me of RoboCop two, mm-hmm. and and RoboCop two is one of these movies that so messed me up as a kid, um, just because of the shocking things that happened during it. This little kid being so thoroughly perverted and like messed up at the age of like nine mm-hmm. that uh it shocked me to my core and it made and it and it made the this comic book style like somehow uh it somehow made it not make sense it just made it appealing right because because of the the incredible audacity of the storyteller to be like Here's the most fucked up thing that you can possibly imagine. Deal with it. And now, here's another... Re- oh, and if that wasn't enough, here's icing on that cake, you know? Right. So, I have... Here's my issue with that analysis of... And I agree that, like, comic books, one of the paramount features of it is themes I'm not and saying, thematic material. I know you're gonna I know you're gonna critique it by saying this is a movie and this is not a comic book. No, I'm not gonna say that. Oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna say what is I'm gonna ask you if that's the commonality, what's the theme of this movie? Depravity. I mean okay. Just that? I mean I mean yeah, it's like it's, I mean, you it's say, like it, revenge. It's you know it's revenge, it's sadness, it's depravity. It's it's those things. There's there's not redeem. It's not like a redeeming good message if that's what you're. No, but for. I mean, like if you look at a comic book or like Joker or something like it's the theme is insanity or like the reaction to 
order or all all these things. Like you can you can yeah. put your finger on it. Like there's depravity, yeah, depravity and sadness. What's the reason for the depravity? Like what's the theme behind it? Detroit. <laughs> okay. So, I think that's a good reason. So what score do you give this? What score do you give it? I'll I'll give my score after you give yours. You can read my score. This is this is um You know, coming out of the theater, I I was kind of like, Jesus, Christ. I was kind of like just lambasted by it. You know, I was like, wow, it was just a lot to digest. And uh but I definitely had a good time and I was in I this came out of such left field because like I barely remembered the first and I was and the first didn't make it was nothing special to me. It uh-huh. was probably a five. Right. I was like, okay. Yeah. Blind dude, weird, kids break into his house, yada. Okay. So there's a turkey baster in there somewhere. Um But this one uh was so weird and out of left field and just kinda like depraved for depravity's sake that it struck me kind of the same way Cuso struck me just like wow what, what a spectacle this is so I I've, coming out of the theater I was at a 7 I think I'm at an 8 now I really enjoyed this wow yeah yeah just and thinking about all the <laughs> thinking about all the visuals and all the moments like I can remember so much of this movie I can remember all of it mm. because it was shocking me the whole way through. I was just like, "Damn, whoa!" And it had, a, and it did have a cool uh, visual style as as well. Um, it's like, it's did like, it? well, I liked it. Yeah, um, it it reminded me a lot of you know, kind of, kind of like a darker, grittier John Wick or like eight millimeter, like really just kind of going for the gross. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you sit? This is, I mean, we are completely off base on this one. Big upset. I, I had to stew on this one because I thinking of it in terms of like an average movie. Yeah, it's not average. Like it doesn't hit all the expected marks, as you'd, we'd say. Yeah, no, and it vaults over them by like ten feet. And there were moments where I was incredulous mm. and laughing at the movie, and sometimes that raises the score for me. Right. But for this movie, it was so... For me, it's just such... It's barely a movie, and there's barely anything like really redeeming about it in the form of entertainment. Uh-huh. To where, like, if all you're going for is, like, okay, I want to see some interesting kills and, and some gore and, like, some depraved horror. This is that. Like, that's that's fine, but there are way better movies than this one that you can get that for. I don't know. Like, this, I, ha- this is a pretty neat package of, like, I mean, like, slasher fans and action fans will cream over this. Uh, Th- this if they don't care about... M- like an actual movie, yeah. They don't. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> I, I guess, like, I mean, this movie would best be watched on YouTube in a series of clips. No. It's not good. <laughs> I, I totally disagree. <laughs> I I literally want to steer people away from seeing this movie because it's, wow. it's not worth your time. I give it a score of three. Oof. 
David, David, this is so awkward. Oh, that really... Ouch, David. Ouch, David. That hurts, Bryce. <laughs> Three. This is yeah. awkward. I've, how are we going to continue from this point? So, we can continue by talking about Night Channels. Nightchannels.com. Something we all agree on. Yeah, something we all agree on is quality and awesome. And they just, speaking of quality, they added a new um, like shirt type. So they've been, I think they have copy. I should probably pull that up, what they wanted us no, to they, actually they don't. No, they don't have shirt copy. They don't have copy. Um, so, I mean, the traditional shirts and the ones that I've bought so far, like the Hanes, um, Gildan, um, cotton ones, where it's like your generic t-shirt like well, 90s it's pronounced glidden is it glidden yeah are you sure yes um yeah now they have the premium bella canvas shirts um they also have um it's gilden g-i-l-d-a-n glidden it's pronounced glidden <sighs> anyways they they have like you know the the new fancy soft t-shirts too for all their design. So, I mean, if you care about how your t-shirt feels on your body. You can you can alter that to your personal preference. Right. Anyways, nightchannels.com is an awesome uh, web store that has lots of horror-themed, uh, music-themed, and... Occult. Occult literature-themed designs that you're not going to find anywhere else that are super niche and obscure... And if you're a fan of horror, you're going to find something that you just can't live without. And all we ask you to do is go to nightchannels.com and browse, and I guarantee you're going to find... You're guarantee, I guarantee you're going to like the way you look. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at a 3D Baphomet shirt that's just badass as hell. Oh, man. I need this on my body right now. Anyway. So if you go there and check out and use code HMT... At checkout, you get 13% off your entire order, and that's the spookiest percentage. So go over there and do that, and you'll help them, and especially us, because they're a really good sponsor for the show. And if uh, if you're listening to these commercials, you should know that you don't have to. Also, you can get access to our a whole other podcast that we produce on the called The Afterpod, all this is on our Patreon. You can vote on movie. You know, if you're one of these people who's like, you should watch SS Experiment Camp Two. <laughs> hey, you know what? You could actually, you could actually make that happen if you join our, uh, if you join our Patreon. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's even a level where we send you a shirt every uh, at the start of of your patronage. So, so I out. wanted to highlight one of the tiers. So yeah. it's the two spoopy for you tier, and these are the. We get you get a lot of things that are on here, but the most important things is you unlock the afterpods, um, where we leave the mics running and we talk about behind the scenes and life and stuff. This is for all this for six dollars and sixty six cents a month, and uh, you get a shout out in one of our episodes. You get early access to that week's episode without ads as soon as it's edited, and access to all our sound drops. So, um, go to patreon.com slash horror movie talk and just check that out and see if there is a tier that suits your fancy. We also have a shop on horrormovietalk.com slash shop where you can buy our logo tees and our stickers that we have left. Coasters, a lot of coasters. 
Um, we got, even have some magnets. All, all, all these, all these are produced. Uh, the artwork for them is produced by our hard fucking artist, uh, Dustin Goble. We have a scream magnet uh, that he, where he's, he has a little speech bubble says, w- "What's your favorite horror movie podcast?" Mm-hmm. Um, and you should support Dustin Goble. Uh, by checking his stuff out over on Instagram at dgobel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and tell him HMT sent you because that dude, he he is, I mean, he's the wind beneath my wings. Our number to call and leave a voicemail is 682-253-4468. Um, thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. And just as a warning, there will be some spoilers for Don't Breathe 1 yes. in here, too. Yes. There's some things I want to talk about that sure. involve that. So we'll see you after the thing plays. Spoilers. Spo- spoilers. Oh. Um, anyways. Rip, rip Yamaha. Rip Yamaha. Did you, did you bake it yet? Dude, I, no, I have not had the time to do that. It's a lot of screws. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of screws. Um, okay, so, this is the first, this is like my cinema sins part, okay? And these, none of these I think are that nitpicky. It's literally, they were so confusing to me that I was baffled hmm. of why okay the characters would make these choices or why things were the way they were i get to be ebert now you're cisco <laughs> okay so the very first one where i was like what the fuck was little girl is taking a piss and she's washing her hands and in the doorway like inside he's like standing inside of the ladies room is the creepiest creep mm-hmm. ever and well, he shows up once she's washing her hands. Yeah, he shows up in the door. I mean, he was there when she came. Anyways, he's, he's there. The point is, like, he's she, inside the he bathroom. He shows up after she's, you know, after she goes in the bathroom. Right. That, okay. Yeah. All right. Who's who's nitpicking now? Um, so well, I mean, they, if you I, look, I, this is all to set up my defense of it. Um, so he's inside the bathroom talking with her like a total creep. Like, yeah. Yes. And um, and then the dog like growls at him, and she like gets by him. She's not scared by him because you know she she's a strong, independent lady, and she walks. Should out. be mentioned that she's like ten. Yeah, yeah. And she walks out, and the girl that's like her chaperone, or the girl that took her into town, that's watching her, mm-hmm. sees the girl coming out of the bathroom, and like this full grown men man walking out behind her and she's like who's that guy and the girl's like oh it's no one and the the woman watching her is like okay well that's that's not exactly what happened she let the dog out to go into the bathroom when she saw the guy walk in she let the dog out of the car that's why the dog walked into the bathroom and then she goes and she didn't go who is that she goes what what did that guy want? And he goes, she and the little girl goes, he's just a creep. And she goes, yeah, they're a dime a dozen out here. So it was like, yeah, that's why I let the dog out. Who let the dogs out? The ranger, that girl. Okay, so 
that seems normal to you? No, I mean, what part is the is the abnormal part? Nothing is said. No authorities are called. <laughs> like it's de, it's the no middle one is, of de, no one is confronted. Dilapidated Detroit. She let a dog. She let a gigantic Rottweiler out. Is like 150 pounds. Like things are taken care of. This he, is how this is how life occurs in this terrible place. Yeah, that's that's a stretch. And I don't think that there's that it was established that she literally let the dog out for that purpose. I think the dog just showed up. The dog was in the car because the dog was there, so it got a ride in the car. So you can suspend your disbelief and go, oh, well, it got out of the car. It didn't, like, open the door itself. It was let out. It's uh, That was the first thing of, like, why would you not, like, be screaming about a full-grown man going into the ladies' room, and why would you not, like, call the police and uh, report him at least? Well, I mean, again, how do you know? Are you gendering him? Um, How do you know which bathroom he should be using? Next point. Um, so there's a this is this one's a little nitpicky, but also was so so weird of a choice that I was like, that's not what a normal person would do at all. Mm-hmm. So this girl that was accompanying the little girl is driving back home, and the roadway is blocked, kind of by a truck yeah like she definitely could have just driven around it i don't think so i think i think it was i mean it was convincingly blocked to my eye i mean there was like a big trash pile on one side and then the only lane to get under this bridge was kind of clogged up by this truck and um she decides to just get out of her truck at night at night Uh and approach this other truck right that's obviously intentionally blocking right the road mm-hmm. like i get that she's a ranger yeah and that she's like capable she's an airborne ranger but also rangers are not retired like no. they they're not retireded no they're smart enough not to put themselves in a situation where they will definitely get killed right um and that would be, especially if you, like, see from behind that there's several full-grown men inside the truck. Well, it has tinted know. windows. It's a weird choice. I don't know. You know, I mean, it establishes this as an action movie. I mean, you wouldn't... This is this is a believable thing within the context of I mean, you could have you could have easily just, like, had the guy that climbed into the back of her truck just surprise her from the side of the road. Like, she, you could just distract her by, like... Sitting, have her sit in the seat and honking repeatedly, build up the tension, and all of a sudden, man at window, crushes through window and grabs her and kills her. Like the same thing would be accomplished in a much more satisfying way to me that it wouldn't like, but this completely way, distract me. Like, well, that was dumb. But this way, she gets to interact with them, and we get to see what dicks they are. You know, like that, like they're, we get to see kind of meet them a little bit. This is the part where we meet the bad guys. So what's what's the takeaway with the? I mean, we've already seen the creep guy. He, we already know he's a creep. Oh well, now we know he has his buddies, his other buddies. Sure. And and they and they establish during this moment that they're all ex-veterans. Yeah. Uh, they're all what, what, what is it? Um, uh, dishonorably discharged from a yeah. dishonorable war. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So doesn't that make it honorable? And she's like, 
no, I know honor because I'm an airborne ranger. I'm like, hell mm-hmm. yeah, bitch, you get some. Mm. It's it, okay. Next bullet. Um, as she's coming back from confronting these men, she puts the gun that she has brandished in the glove compartment. Mm-hmm. That also felt weird to me. It's like, okay, now you're going to drive past the super creepy men that you get a bad vibe from. And uh, you know you ha- want to have it at hand, but you want to close it behind a glove compartment. It's just sure, mm-hmm. just weird little choices like that. Of like, okay. No, you'd, you'd put it on the car seat, mm-hmm. like have a hand on it as you drive past, and then... Put in the glove right, part. maybe that was it. Maybe that was the editor just being like, "Oh, where's this part going?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, next point. There's a point at which um, Norman, the old man, super glues one of the henchmen's face shut with like the giant globule of super glue, mm-hmm. and apparently this super glue dries in half a second. Well, oh boy, man, this is. This is embarrassing. I feel. I feel like this is embarrassing. Like the, the so on. So you get a a quick view of the super glue, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's on the label of it. It says this is the medical super glue. Mm. It. I can't remember what it was called exactly, but it's like for medical use. Mm-hmm. And that stuff sets like that, and it's on contact with wet bullshit. You know. So you could just like. Fill your hand with it and just slap it on someone's mouth and it would just immediately glue shut. I mean, you know, you probably... This dude... It's well established that this dude is fucking capable of overpowering these other dudes. But then wouldn't his hand be glued to his face? I don't know. You know? It's... it's Okay, should we do this with the Matrix? You know, I'm sorry like- that I, I know the bare minimum of how glue works. I didn't know that was something that I had to just set aside to enjoy a movie, but apparently it is. It's because it was the giant like. I mean, you didn't you didn't recognize that it was the medical super glue, and that stuff that stuff sets on contact with like with wet things like blood and saliva. Okay. It's set. We want. <laughs> All right. Well, we got plenty of medical people on. That follow us, so we'll, maybe we'll run this by Glittercore and see yeah. if it's. If I'm it's sure. Likely. Yeah, I'm sure there is some some modicum of truth to both sides on that. And uh, and regardless, whether it was could set lightning quick like that uh-huh. to where you couldn't even just open your mouth, right? Even if that was true, if you go to your friend in a panic that you can't breathe, you can't breathe. You got the super glue in my nose and mouth. Um, why would his friend choose to cut a hole in his cheek? Where else would he cut it? (laughs) (laughs) All he had was a screwdriver. Uh Uh-huh. So he could have poked a hole in his nostrils. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine if he pushed too hard too fast? Yeah, you'd get a nosebleed as opposed to a gaping hole in your cheek. I don't know. One, you got a cool story. The other one, you just got a nosebleed. (laughs) And it's underlined by the fact that the guy, like, himself just cuts a hole in his, for his mouth to breathe. It's like, yeah, that's what you would do. Well, he had a knife. The other guy couldn't fight. He's like, look, I got, I got seconds to act here before this guy can't, he dies of asphyxiation. Um, I got a screwdriver here. 
Okay. I love that part. These these parts are all these parts are just me being like, oh damn, fucking cool, you know, like oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hey, take it that way. You know, yesterday was Friday, Friday the thirteenth. I watched Friday the thirteenth part three. Yeah. In celebration. Three D. Yeah, three D. Did you watch anything with thirteen in it? <laughs> yes. David. Oh god damn it. Oh. What'd you watch? Stay tuned for our review of Thirteen Ghosts. That's a long ways away, I think. Actually. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It wasn't a great week for hey! uh, horror movie viewing. Oh, I thought it was a fabulous week. Um, okay, next bullet point. This is before any of this happens. Why was the little girl, like, shopping for orphanages before <laughs> anything happened? Dude, wouldn't you? <laughs> if your dad was this fucking blind man who basically, like, kept you under lock and key and forced you to run away from dogs to train for your, your like, like life in Detroit, wouldn't you be like, boy, I wonder what else is out here? <laughs> Like none of that shit happened to me, and I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. If there were orphanages around Richfield, I'd have been like, hmm. It's so. <laughs> it's so apparent to me that the only reason why they did that was so that they could use that at the end of the movie. That's like, that they know. Well, we got to show them that orphanages exist. Yeah. So we're gonna have to have a girl look at a pamphlet of an orphanage. Oh, an orphanage. I'm like, hmm, I like this. Orphanage. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, they have hot tubs. Like, if you're a little girl that doesn't like your situation, the, the go-to is you run away. You can't blame everything on having been pigeon-toed, David. Oh, I can't. Um, next, why... So, it's been established that this... That Norman is a, like, capable, capable killer. Like a monster of a, of a person that can, you know, with supernatural powers, you know, to overcome his blindness... So why, when there's five men... Like Man-Bat. Yeah. Why, when there's five men, all with guns, brandishing them, pointing them at Norman, where he's prostrate on the ground, why do they not fire at a distance? I'm, I can't recall what... They, like, start approaching him and get within, like, five feet of him. What's happening? So, it's at the end of the movie, and Norman is, like laying down in the water like he's supposedly oh, dead. Yes. And the yes, yes. the main villain guy, well, at this time, um, has sent all of his henchmen, yeah. all of them, to yeah. go kill him. Right. And so they come in the doorway, see him lying there, and they all have guns, and they're like, let's walk towards him for like 20 seconds. Well. Because we can't, well, you know. It wasn't 20 seconds. Bullets are expensive. Like, we got to make sure we can hit him from close range well because then you couldn't do the cool thing where he feels the water move uh-huh and where he could feel that there was five men i will i will concede that ripple of water i will concede that this that this could have been set this scene could have been set up in a more believable way which is like there's a pool of water of very shallow water uh-huh. that he's laying face down in presumably dead uh-huh um, and he's, re- you know, so in reality, he's just waiting for the ripples to hit his hand so he knows where they're, they're all at. But as they walk into the room, they are on a raised surface that is not touching, that is not in the water. The, the way to do this would have been to just have the whole room, like, fr- 
from the, there's no raised surface. It's all just water. Mm-hmm. Right. That would have been the way to handle this better. And yeah, I mean, in that regard, it was kind of, I mean, it's, but you know, crime doesn't pay and dummies do crime. So mm, they're not the smartest people <laughs> on the planet. Well, like you have some con- concession to that point. Um, here's, here's another one. At some point, this like trained killer dog is running after Norman. Yeah. And chasing him. And then it just stops. In the house? Uh-huh. Like, Norman's climbing up the stairs, and then the dog just stops. Yeah, you were real upset by this in the theater, but he was going up a ladder. He was going up a, a ladder into an attic, and the dog was like, dogs but, can't climb ladders very good. Sure they can. Well, the dog got up there. Yeah, I mean, it did eventually get up there, but I think the ladder was... I, I, think, a, there was, I think it stopped even before the ladder. It was snarling and... And doing the thing, you know. Like, there was at least twice where it, like, conveniently stopped running after him. That's really nitpicky, man. I mean, you know, the the ladder was an obstacle for the dog. The dog was trying. He's a good boy. Um, And then after the... uh, And then the dog, like, switched sides thoroughly. Well... Like, completely. This I totally get. Like, this I had no problem getting. Because the house was on fire and there was a bunch of smoke up there and the old man was like, I can't let this dog burn to death. I feel bad for dog. But why would it attack its owner? Like, its original owner? Because it loved... it. Now it... Oh, he saved me. Mm. Now I love blind boy. I love blind man. Yeah, that's not how dogs work. Um, no. But the, but the owner kicked him. Remember, he goes back to eat at his at, to eat at his dish, and the owner's like, "You fucking traitor!" And he kicks the dog. Mm-hmm. So that there it is. You, you you turned on dog. Now dog turns on you. Man bites dog. Dog <laughs> bites man. Um, I mean, it was set up. Is all I'm saying. I like, know. Well, I'm well. You can set up anything. Well, they did, and, and say like, "Oh yeah, this is this happens because you can just say like, well, I murder people if they put milk in my tea." It's like, well, that. Okay. Hey, he sa- if you say it, and then you put milk in his, in your tea, hey, hey, fuck you, guy, you're dead now. He told you. What do you want? Um, another one was, why would you take a girl to the memorial in the center of an exploded house? <laughs> like, why would that be like a normal thing to do? And then follow up question: Who else was putting flowers there? Right. Yeah, well, this I, this is an instance of like this definitely has makes no sense because the woman is alive. Like mm-hmm. it's revealed that her mother is alive in the end. Right. So who's mourning her? Okay, so you know, I think we should do a little bit better job of like maybe explaining some of this movie because I think I we'll think get the way- uh, whatever. I like it. like things things happen. Like I'll I'll give a I'll give a brief like run through of the movie okay Okay. so it starts out uh old man's teaching little girl like survival tricks and she's not very good at survival which is proof throughout the movie and and he's got like a a woman friend that brings him plants that takes her into town Um, yeah he's i think he grows plants and she's like the distributor for sure yeah and uh they go into town they meet the creep there's mention on a radio of like human trafficking um, they come back um, without incident. Lady goes out to go home and then runs into the creep guy and his friends, and the creep guy and his friends kill her. Yeah, kill um, her. 
Yeah, this, they, is the, this is the army ranger. They kill her dead. Yeah, the, the creep guy and friends, um, I think back at the bathroom, like, he identifies this girl as his at least a target. Yes, his target. And that they're going to go to this house and follow him to kidnap this girl. And so they go, they invade Norman's house right. with a little girl, and that's where, like, action, a, a ton action, of action. action happens, and they're trying to get this little girl, and... Um, lots of set pieces. A main one is she goes and hides in a lockbox. Yes. And Boy, I forgot all about there's that. a guy that like fills it up with water and then Norman intervenes and, and, uh, explodes the guy and then they get out of the lockbox and they run away. Uh, but they get caught. And then, so in the end from the house is creep guy and friends take girl because they reveal that girl is not norman's daughter but actually his daughter right that norman kidnapped from them after a house fire right a meth fire later it's revealed that it's a it was a a meth kitchen blowing up yeah and so those guys take little girl back to their house and norman is left to die um, presumed to, dead by the bad guys. Presumed dead by the de- by the bad guys. Um, oh yeah, before they they had killed Norman's dog, and then Norman actually saves their dog. Now dog is his dog. Right. Um, they cut to um, the creepiest like rec center, like a banded <laughs> rec center, and little girl. Um, this is very RoboCop. It's like it's abandoned, like an abandoned uh, school, and I this love, is where we hang out. I love how Detroit has been portrayed as like an apocalyptic hellhole since the eighties. It's been forty years, Bryce. It's been an it's apocalyptic still, hellhole still since that, the eighties. Still that way. And uh, okay, so at the apocalyptic uh, rec center, it's revealed that her mother never died; she was actually alive. And sings. she proves this by singing the creepiest rendition of a children's song ever. And the girl recognizes her, goes to her, and they explain what happened was there's a meth fire. And Well, they didn't say that. They're like, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we had a kitchen. We cook some we, we stuff. Make, we make money from what we cook in yeah, there. Like in a pizza. And... And then the reveal is like, oh, you know, you're our I, daughter. I, I want I want to do this part, this part specifically. Okay. okay, so the mom is like, oh, I I've missed you for so long. That man stole you. you. We are your parents. We can tell because you have the same weird hair thing that your dad mm-hmm. has. It's a little hair thing. And uh, and you know what? Um, here's some Sunny D. Drinks, drink up. And as she's passing out from the drugs in the Sunny D that they give to their real daughter, they explain their intent, which is, Mommy's got a bad heart. But the doctor said, I need a... The only way I get to live is if I get a donor. And the only donor I can have is like a direct family member because of blood types, yada, yada, medical reasons. Uh So... We need your heart to go in mom. Mommy needs your heart, which blew me away so much because the way they frame it when they say it is I went to the doctor. So in your head, you're thinking like Kaiser Permanente. (laughs) And the doctor was like, we're going to need a heart donor. Be best if it was your own daughter, you know, (laughs) And Kaiser Permanente sends her on her way, like, sorry, can't do nothing about it. So she's like, 
need your heart, baby. And this is how we're going to get it. So in my head, I'm like, they, they're going to like take her to like Kaiser. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? How could this possibly be redeemed? This is so bonkers insane. They're going to kill their own daughter for her heart to, because the mom is a meth cook mm-hmm. and they need their cook to sell their product. Right. So, but they, <laughs> totally, totally pulled it out of the tailspin. And they're like, we got this fucking crooked doctor over uh-huh. here, and he's going to perform this in the downstairs Saw bathroom mm-hmm. from Saw. And See, that's, uh, yeah. you're going to pull your heart out and put it into me. And everything's okay, baby. I love you. Thank you for your heart. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, this is so gross. And this poor little girl just found her real parents. And she's like crying and shit because uh-huh. she's like feeling so much emotion over finding her parents. That And then the what they immediately do is betray her by stealing her heart. And, uh, and then uh, Norman finds his way to them because... Their dog loves him now, and he tells it to go home. And so Norman appears, and he kicks ass and takes names and rescues little girl. Bada bing, bada boom. The end. Yeah. Um, but also, also, it should be mentioned at the end. Norman's like, "I can't take you, little girl. I'm a bad man. I rape. I kill. I pillage. I'm bad. Me bad. Uh-huh. So that. So excused. Right. He's repented. Right. Right." This is a very comic book. So, I mean, a very couple comic. a couple things like that in retrospect, you're like, what? So f- the one where it's like, okay, well, who's who's putting flowers on this memorial in the middle of the burnt house, like where there's structural damages where you could where it could collapse on top of you? Like, okay, who's who's putting flowers out there when they know that she's still alive? Um, also, back to like the bathroom, if. If the guy is the girl's father, why would he just let her go? Or why wouldn't he contact the police? Like, I get you that you're a meth dealer, but also, you exist within a world that, like, you can... It's an illusion, Michael. <laughs> um, and then the last one, this is a little more nitpicky, but also it didn't make sense to me. They have that safe room box. Mm-hmm. So they have the boo box that they put that the girl goes into. Yeah, I... And then at the end, like, there's this whole deal where she can't get it open and, like, it's all locked and, and all this stuff from the inside for some reason. Um, and then... You're not going to like how I how I pick this one apart. Go she's on. She's rescued by the by Norman just opening the door from the outside. No. He just no. pulls it real hard. Okay. So, I, and I and I knew you were going to... So, so, did you notice they went to great lengths to actually make this make sense, this part, specifically? So, I didn't see it, but I assumed that... So, what they're trying to say is that she unlocked it, but she couldn't open the door. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I I mean, her head was above water, and she couldn't. She just couldn't find the latch, and and it, you know the stakes were high, and she was okay. hyperventilating, yada yada. But when she got in, the latch is a slot was a sliding latch. Is like this chink. Uh huh. And if you noticed. This thing's full of water when Norman gets there. Uh-huh. And instead of just pushing it over onto its front or back, because it's like this thing, you know, uh-huh. it's like this big bookcase here. Instead of just pushing it over the easy way onto its front or its back, he finagles it to the side and then pushes it over this way. The way where the latch would slide down with gravity would go chink off of the hook, 
you know, mm. it would undo itself with gravity. He goes to great length to like <clears throat> to get it out in the middle of the room and then push it over so that the latch will come down. Okay. I'm just saying that's what happened. I sure. I mean, it can be explained in that way. But the thing that doesn't make sense is that she couldn't just un- slide it, right. slide it over. I thought it showed her hands like touching it, like she, yeah, that she, she couldn't was all move over it. it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, your ten-year-old kid, fuck, it's hard. All right, so those are like my the, the things that literally like pulled me out of it. Like, mm. and they happen consistently throughout the movie. Yeah, it's I not noticed. Like, it's not like one thing happens and you're like, oh, okay, I can overlook that. That was a weird choice, but they had to set up this thing. It was like, no, it was like this, then this, and then this. Yeah. Like, every setup for anything is like, that doesn't make any sense, or that doesn't work that way, or that's not how it would happen in reality. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was really hard for me to, you know, sus- suspend my disbelief because it was fucking shattering it throughout. Um, okay, so now going back. So, this is a sequel to Don't Breathe, mm-hmm. and the first... Act of Barely. It. I almost thought I was like, Barely. this really feels like a movie that was written as its own thing, and then they just realized they could stamp Don't Breathe 2 on it and just change a couple things. This is a standalone movie. I mean, th- this so is... So standalone that it's, it completely... Forgets the first. Forgets the first, because... Until the end of the movie. Yeah, until the end of the movie... Um, like, the most notable thing is, number one, it's established in the first one that Norman is, like, a turkey baster rapist yeah. and kidnapper. What he's, does that mean, exactly? He's literally not a good guy. <laughs> like, this is the person that you should be afraid of. That's the villain in the first movie. Like, oh, yeah. bar none. Yeah, no, there's no ifs, ends, or buts. He's and, he bad. And it just acts like you don't, just don't think about that for the first act of the movie. It's just basically makes him into it, it did a have Bruce me. Willis character. Yeah, it's it like did have me going. Wait, how did this? I, and I, and it, it was fine for me because I I was iffy on whether or not I actually remembered the first. Yeah, but it turns and it out also I did. it also kind of undercuts the character too because the more interesting thing would be like you know that he's a super bad dude, like he's evil, and these guys are invading his house. So like, how is the how is it going to be revealed to them that he's evil? And it's not really like, it never really turns that corner. It's just like he fights against him. Right. Like he just, he kills someone. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty standalone. So like the, the first one is literally set up as a reverse home invasion. Yeah. His home gets invaded. He locks them in. Right. He, it's a, it's a, the old it's a spider's room. web. Yeah. It's a spider's web to, to capture them. It's home alone. Yeah, it's Home Alone blind version. Right. And that's what makes it interesting. This one is just a straight-up home invasion, and none, none of that comes into play. This one's almost a superhero movie, like the darkest superhero movie you've ever seen. Right. So It's almost Daredevil. And then the other one is they make a big deal in the first one that to have Norman be like, God is dead. Like, God doesn't exist. There's no, there's nothing fair in the world. And, like, to the point where it's almost making a statement. Like, someone that doesn't believe in God acts this way because they're a nihilist. Mm. Um, and then in this movie, he's like... Um, God is fair. God is fair, and he exists. 
<laughs> like, okay. Well, you know, I mean, what? You can't hit... I mean, there's a whole fucking sect of Christianity called born again. You can't uh, You can't change your mind. You can't, be, See, you that can't would grow be, as a person. That would be so much more interesting if, if it showed Norman as a born-again Christian. He's like, my past is behind me. Yeah. I'm, I'm born again. David, will you please give me a hug? Yes. He's got a bunch of crucifixes hanging on his walls, and he's like... He's got Christian rock music playing in the background and teaching his daughter how to recite New Testament verses. That would be more interesting. <laughs> yeah. But they just like act Glean like the, over it. They act like the first movie doesn't really exist f- and and even to the point of the character is different. Yeah, I didn't like the first movie. I liked this one. So I'm glad they didn't try and tie it to the first one very See, I I like the first much. one. I, I don't think it lived up to its potential, but I thought it was enough of a great concept and execution that it deserves a sequel i think it they could have gone further look it got an eight out of ten (laughs) sequel (laughs) um a couple things that are set up they they mention a human trafficking ring which is almost to set your expectations that the reason why the creep in the bathroom is there is that he's in a human trafficking ring and he's going to capture the girl so it's like it's leads you leads you down that path to where it's like Okay, and they like. I mean, they do kidnap her, and they are going to harvest her organs. So I mean, it's not wrong, <laughs> right? But I mean, if the truth is that that's his daughter, and he's going to take her back, even for the purposes of harvesting her organs, like he doesn't act in that way. He acts like a human trafficker, you know? right? Right. Um. Uh. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, everyone is an Iraqi war vet. Everyone. <laughs> everyone is an Iraq war vet. Even Norman, I think, it says in the first movie that he was I, in the Iraq war, the first one. He was in the Iraq war. Huh. Yeah. I thought, he, I mean, he's old. He, I mean, he seems like he'd be a Vietnam vet for sure. Well, I mean, David, we're very old. So the, the first Iraq war was, you know. 92. 30 years ago now. Yeah, but even that puts him. So in- if you were twenty, you'd be in your fifties or sixties. Yeah, I guess. So I, I'm pretty sure in the first movie he says he's an Iraq war vet. Fair enough. Um, and then all these other people are the Iraq war vets from the second Iraq war ah, after after nine ah, eleven. Ah, ah, I got you. Um, why does everyone? <laughs> everyone's a vet from the same war. It's it's just this weird world where it's like okay. No. You don't need to have everyone Damn. be a war vet. This just feels like the Punisher. You know, this is just like this is just like how comic books do. Um one note I had was this is John Wick for turkey based or rapists. <laughs> um Oh yeah, so the the spoiler for the first movie is that the the reveal in the first movie is that he um they stumble upon his like dungeon yeah. where he's kidnapped a girl and tied her up and it's revealed by him that she was the girl that killed his daughter, and to make it right, he's impregnating her. But he says, like, he's definitely not a rapist. Like, I don't rape. Um, I just take this turkey baster with my pube-covered cum and stick it up their cooch. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I like to say that I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like... That's like the level of human that we're talking about. It's this movie is so fucked up, man. I mean, just just in terms of ideas. And on gross. the first one, I just love the concept of like I'm not a rapist. I like, take the turkey taking baster. a turkey baster and shoving up someone's vagina is not rape. 
That's come on. <laughs> Who doesn't? Do Boy, that? you gonna catch me on a technicality here? Come on. I call that foreplay. I get no pleasure from this at all. No pleasure at all. Um, if anything, it's kind of gross. Some other random notes I took down. No eyebrows equals evil. That's a good takeaway. I just like to say. The bad guys in this are so okay. So the thing that I kind of, that I like about this movie is so like you said, we've established Norman from the first movie not a good guy. Uh-huh. He is a bad guy. But I like that part where to to be the good guy. Think of how bad the bad to be the good guy in this movie. Think of how bad the bad guy's got to be. I love the shorthand that they use. Like, when they try to do, like, some shorthand of, like, this is the bad guy now and this is the good guy now. Like, it's so movie tropish and so comical to it me. It has to be because there's so little dialogue in this movie. <laughs> right. They don't, so, they, and, that, and I feel like they would have fucked that up because the dialogue that is there, not fabulous. Right. Not fabulous. So, like, the way, the route they chose to go, which is, like, tell with tropes, uh-huh. like, is the right route. For sure, right. because if you sure. had a bunch of exposition in this movie, it would have been fucking way worse. Right. Um, so the the most manipulative and, and, like, the most, like, shorthand way to the point of, like, I'm like, do they really expect that's going to work yeah. for the audience? <laughs> what like, is it? What is the it? audience is going to be on board with this uh-huh. was they show Norman being attacked by the dog, and then he remembers his dog. He likes dogs. And so he can't kill the dog. So he has to, like, trap it. And he, he, like, he's a catch and release dog person, even though he's, like... Ironically, I bet this was is how it would actually play out if you were Norman in this situation. I bet you'd be like, dog's trying to kill me! I don't really want to kill this dog. Like, I like this is a believable thing to me. You know, it's like, I don't want to kill this sure, dog. Sure, but I mean, the, the, in terms of manipulating an audience, it's just an interesting choice of, like, oh, he doesn't... Because it's kind of just kind of out of the blue. It's like, okay. And this is another part that I really liked about the movie. And then he was, was you, you will go to the depths of depravity, but they won't kill the dog in the movie. <laughs> and I like that. And I then, like it. And then it cuts to the evil guys outside and they're like, hey, we got to torch this house because we know Norman's in there. Right. And then henchman number one is like, but your dog. Your dog's in there. He's like, I, you like, I give a shit about the dog? That guy's in there. He's nuts. Yeah. He's going to he'll fucking kill us. And so it, it's basically saying, Norman won't kill dog. That equals good. <laughs> this guy right. will is willing to burn the dog, so he's he's bad. And yeah. you're like, okay, this is, mm. this is, <laughs> this is where, like, it's like, okay, now I know the movie is telling me who I'm supposed to root, ag- root for and right. root against. Right. Which is very confusing at many times before and after that. If you don't shut your fucking mouth, I will kill you. Yeah, this movie is like it's ham-handed in in, in an incredible way. But it's, I really can't, like I can't, I wish there was a word better than bonkers. But it's just insane. It's just totally bonkers. Like, I want more movies like this. It's It's absurd, but not in the way where it's trying to be. Oh, it's trying to be. Okay. 
Let's get to the part. It's trying to be extreme. Where it's so over the top that I, ju- I, I think I laughed out loud in the theater with just like, just like incredulity. I was like, oh my God, how is this a thing? At the end, there's a battle between the dad and Norman. And they're in a in their they're in an old abandoned pool uh-huh. thing, and they're battling. In this battle, the mom, who's in a an electric wheelchair, is handcuffed <laughs> to her daughter, and and she I don't know takes a bullet in the chest, a stray bullet. The mom does, and he keels over onto her the the controls for her electric wheelchair uh-huh. and drags her daughter into an empty pool the, well she's hanging her mom her dead mother is hanging from her arm by a handcuff in a empty pool the daughter's holding on for dear life up above and she's like okay this woman who I just met, who I also just learned is my mother, who, by the way, just took a bullet and died, is connected to me by a handcuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this machete and I'm gonna lop my mom's arm off so that I don't get dragged into the pool too. But I'm gonna fail and get dragged into the pool too, and I'm gonna fall on top of my blood-drenched mother. It was so fucking like it was the, just the depths of depravity and grossness. And she's like getting and hacking into the bone. And it's just like, oh my God, this is gnarly. Yeah. I it's mean, that, great. and that stuff is great. Like, I, I, I get it. It's like, okay, this is a moment where it's going to stick with you. And Impressive. it's pure horror movie, you know, greatness. Yeah. Um, what was my last thing? Oh, just a couple more things. Um, the musical score, I realize, especially at the end, was like a complete mismatch for this movie. It's like, it's got the most depraved plot and action, and the musical score is like a Robert Zemeckis movie score, where it's like rising strings. It's like almost like Forrest Gump. Where it's like, oh, yes, now everything is okay. You're talking about the one time the music hits at the end. I mean, throughout, like a couple times, like it's the score. I mean, they don't use music a lot, but when they do, it's like this is not for this movie. <laughs> it like doesn't feel right. Yeah, but a few times they had some fucking banging metal music. Like, oh, maybe that was the credits. That yeah, was the that credits. was the credits. My um, the other thing was the happiest people in this movie were orphans. Oh, man. And the very end when when the little girl like is on her own. She goes to the orphanage that she had the uh, the pamphlet for. Right. She's like, hey, got any room for me? And they're like, hey, join us. Hey, we're the happiest people in the world. It's the happiest place in Detroit is the orphanage. It's for damn sure. I wonder how Detroit feels about this. You probably, know? probably not great. You know, <laughs> At like, this point, they're probably like, uh, here's some more shit about Detroit. If you're from if you're from Detroit, give us a call at 682-253-4468. Let us know how you feel about the continuing slandering of by Hollywood of your city. Or, I don't see or why is it, it or is it is it well found? Like is this uh is this pretty well, good? Is I know this about, about par like, for course? I feel I I'm pretty sure there's like huge swaths of of land where it's just abandoned properties. Where you can buy them for like five thousand dollars. That is that is accurate. And I almost wonder, like, why doesn't everyone just everyone that's a remote worker just move to? Detroit? A lot of people are. A lot yeah. of people are. Yeah. Um. 
and then the last thing I wanted to talk about, this was this was just something that I noticed that Norman, one of the cool things about Norman, the character from the first movie and this one, is just the very specific um, way in which he talks. And, yeah, very affected. And it's very affected and very, like, creepy, um, which is weird when you're trying to root for him. Yeah, I kept thinking, but I this, realized, this must just be this man's voice. And I realized, like, I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, what does this remind me of? I realized, like, this sounds exactly like Jim Carrey's impression of Charlton Heston. Oh. Well, and he's a very Charlton Heston-esque right. Charles so here's, Heston. Char- listen to these two clips and tell me if I'm wrong. So this is Norman from the first movie. Cindy took my child away from me. I thought... Only fair, but she gave me a new one. And then here's Jim Carrey as Charlton Heston. I accidentally shot my foot off. Ah, shoot! Ah, shoot! <laughs> yeah, no, good, good ear. I accidentally. Cindy took my child away. Very close. I mean, right? Stunning. Um, yeah. So, don't breathe to... I think our final recommendations are going to be very different. Like, I... Yeah, for Bryce, this is just don't go to. This is something that... I don't know. I, I could. You can make a case for watching this as a group of friends, but I would wait until you could rent it. Like, I would not see this in the theaters. Like, it's not... Even if you're a huge fan of Don't Breathe, like... you. I feel like you'll be disappointed if you go to this movie wow. to see it as a sequel. Man, if you if you like, I, in my opinion, if you like, you know, RoboCop movies, Starship Troopers, if you're a big fan of uh, of John Wick, like this is this is all of those kind of, and uh, and that irreverence for your feelings uh, that all of those. Those movies kind of, uh, or uh, I should say, you know, Starship Troopers and and RoboCop movies kind of don't really care. They want to make you feel gross, kind of. They well, want to- I don't know. I mean, with those movies that you mentioned, there's a really strong sense of irony and yeah. like satire around that depravity. It's right. like it's it's, it's more extreme, serious. It's it's extreme to illustrate a point. Right. And this is extreme for extreme sake, and I'll I'll definitely grant you that, but. Um, nevertheless, it did give me good nostalgia feels on, on those. And then also like, just you're, this is gonna, this is gonna be, is this probably isn't like martyrs Serbian film level, uh, at all. It's it's definitely a lot more tame than, um, some of the, some of the big, you know, don't watch too much for people, cannibal Holocaust kind of thing, but it is a mainstream movie that is really, really messed up and uh and bravo i'd say i'd say i'd say go see it in theaters it's pretty bonkers did you think i'm retarded is what this movie asked well all the time yeah but i just you know i need to engage in homicidal behavior on a massive scale cannot be corrected but uh, i have no other way to fulfill my needs i have no other way and the um the creep father's like Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Um, anyways, uh, let's move on 
to... What are we doing now? We're doing... Uh, horror movie whore. Whores. I got a good mashup there. <laughs> All right, let me pull it up just a second. Okay, so we're going to catch up on some more voicemails. We left off around the end of July. Um, we So... What happened was we had a took we took a couple weeks off. Yeah, in July for, for we vacation. typically have a little vacation. And- we use some backup episodes that we've had for a while. Um, so here's um, some belated voicemails so we can answer. Hello once again. This is Biggin from Portland, the founding patron member. Uh, I'm just sitting here listening to your uh, Anna and the Apocalypse review, and I gotta say. If uh, if you guys ever wanted to do it, I would love to hear the two of you again on reviewing uh, Little Shop of Horrors because I'm loving this episode. Like, it's kind of nice not having David there because he kind of gets a little Jack Diddle every now and again. Yeah. Although he does add quite the spice to the podcast, I gotta say. <laughs> but uh, anyway, if David ever jacks himself off in the woods again. I'm just just throwing this out there. It would be fun to listen to you two review Little Shop of Horrors. Anyway, fuck off. Yeah. Thanks, Biggin. Reviewing Little Shop of Horrors. Um, That's my friend. That. (laughs) What did he say? Jack, you get a little Jack Diddle. I don't even know what that means. I don't have any idea. He's not. He's clearly drunk or hopped up on something. (laughs) You know. I mean, you can't. You got to take what he says with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a good choice. Um I mean Emma was a great co host. Um wouldn't want to just wedge her into horror musicals, but I feel like that would be Oh it, a good she would for me. she would be m- much more happy than reviewing actual horror movies, mm, I think. Okay. She's she's not a big fan of That is a great movie. I watched it recently. Which and uh Little Shop of Horrors okay. with Rick Moranis and yeah. Ellen Green and all Steve, those people. Steve Martin. Um and really, Bill Murray. It, it really does hold up. It's great. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, just for as a movie sake. And it's also a fantastic musical. It, yeah. It 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 really does hold up. Anyways, I yeah, eventually I'd like to watch that. Thanks, Biggin. Next call. Who we got? We got Biggin again, I think. Oh my god. You know what? I just realized in that last message that might be construed that uh, I don't like David. And you know what? That I know how thin David's skin is, and I want I want him to know that there are very few people that I would do sexual favors with my mouth for, and David is one of them. Uh, just putting that out there. Anyway. Ah, oh, thank you. For, you guys. Thank you for saying you'd suck my dick, Big, and I appreciate I mean, that. It's that's very nice. Although the, it was kind of a backhanded compliment, I, I have to say, a little bit. I mean, are you going to take him up on that? Um, sure, yeah. No, I mean, you I want mean, like a the rough, like a bearded sensation of someone blowing you? Oh, oh, yes. That's what you'd sound like when you come. Ouch, David. Ouch, David. <laughs> it's your boy Bugsy calling from Tampa. This message is for the sexiest fisting firemen in the entire world. Happy birthday. Happy cake day. Much love, David. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. you. Hey, three, 
Pepsi, chocolate chip cookies, hit some of this, uh, what is it, Dutch Hawaiian vape pen, and um, very elevated on Dave's said day. But anyways, it's your boy Bugsy. Just had to call in and wish you personally a happy birthday. Much love, Bryce. Let's get it. Horror movie tizzle. Thank you, Bugsy. You guys should check out Bugsy's latest single, Aesthetic. It's on Spotify. You pay a buck for it, and he'll suck your goddamn dick. Um, he he did the uh, he did the song on the end of all of our. I episodes. will suck your dick. I will suck your fucking dick. I will do it. Just join my team. <laughs> Bugsy will do it if you join his team. Ew, no, David. Okay, here's one from Jackal. Jackal. Hey, you bitch. <laughs> Jackal from Kansas, and I'm fucking wrecked. Ooh. I wanted to say happy birthday, David. Aww. Birthday boy. You silly little baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's about it. Happy birthday, David. I love you. I love you too, Bryce. And I hope y'all have a good fucking uh monday jackal yeah. jackal knows how love to guys. how to party <laughs> in kansas i love it thank you for the birthday wishes i appreciate it. my birthday was august 2nd i'm now 37 mm. which is the first time the number has seemed old to me <laughs> where i'm like oh yeah 36 is like close enough to 35 that you're like yeah i'm my well, it doesn't in my thirties. The six doesn't feel like anything. But like, this... there's a gravitational pull to the number forty at once you turn thirty-seven. You're like, yeah, oh, Jesus. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, doesn't feel like you quite round up when it's thirty-six, but thirty-seven is like oh, oh. you round up now, unquestionably. Like you, sh- I mean, technically, you should be rounding up at thirty-five. You know, <laughs> so now you're definitely, yeah. So thank you for the birthday wishes. If there's more, I will take them. Top of the morning to you, good sirs. Mr. CJ here from Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is probably my fourth week in a row calling in. You reviewed one of my favorite movies of all time, Evil Dead. I have an unhealthy obsession with the franchise and the legendary Chin himself, Bruce Campbell. I actually met the man himself about a month ago at the oldest drive-in in New York. It's an update called the uh, Finger Lakes Drive-In. He was doing a tour called the Bruce Campbell Keep Your Distance Tour, where he was having a showing of uh, both Evil Dead and Evil Dead 1, or Evil Dead 2, and uh, a Q&A and a meet and greet and a photo op and all that stuff. The man is an absolute national treasure and natural entertainer. True. He's a jack of all trades, and he should be protected for the rest of his life. Long live Bruce Campbell and long live Evil Dead. One last thing. Mm. I'll swallow your soul. Yeah, there should be like a Hall of Fame for like square jawed, like super charismatic male actors. Yeah. That don't necessarily like. I don't know. It's like. You got Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. You got like The Rock, where it's like it's just you, where you, got this, you can smell what he's cooking. Yeah, yeah. You got Bruce Campbell. I don't know who else. Yeah, you got Mel Gibson, The Rock, and Bruce Campbell. Right. This is it. Arnold. That's Arnold. the whole thing. Arnold's in there. 
Thanks, CJ. Uh, not from Boston. I don't know. We're yeah. Scarsboro. Scarsboro Fair? Is that what you said? Hey, guys. It's Elizabeth. Um, I'm just listening to your Evil Dead review, um, which is a fantastic movie. Um, and David was just taking, talking about movies that made him realize um, that he was really into the horror genre. Um, I just wanted to answer that on my part. Um, and I also wanted to hear Bryce's answer because I, I know you like The Exorcist, but I don't think you said what what gets you into, you know, what your first horror movie you saw that made you realize you liked horror. But um, the one for me, I would say, is um, it's either Vacancy or No Vacancy. I've seen vacancy. horror movies before that, but for some reason that movie just sticks out in my mind as, like, the movie that made me get into horror movies where I, I was watching that and I was like, yeah, I really like this. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And um, I had something else to ask and now I completely forgot. So you might get another voicemail from me. So I don't know. Um, but I was just interested to see what else you guys have. Here's the other voice. Yeah, th- well, thanks for your call. First of all, Elizabeth Bryce, have you seen vacancy with Luke Wilson? No. Oh man. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's real solid. So I'll answer her question before we go on to the part two. Yeah. Um, I think we we have like an old post on the website that explains like our yeah. formative horror things. But for me, if I think back, the farthest I can go to where I'm like, this really kind of affected me or like I really started paying attention, um, it would be the 90s It miniseries with... Um, tim curry yeah like that just seeing that in the in the you know video rental store the cover and also i think i might have watched it on tv when it came out and like the advertising campaign it was so compelling to me and then also like um later there was the stand miniseries on tv i was a big fan of so big fan of like stephen king adaptations apparently um those are the ones where I really got into it, and then Is the I stand think, a, horror, a horror movie. Sure, yeah. I, I, I've never seen the stand. I mean, it's kind of fantasy. It's like it's apocalyptical, like an apocalyptic uh, virus comes out, and then it's a battle between good and evil. Um, okay, and it's a depiction of the devil. I always, I always get like, I'm a big fan of depictions yeah. of this of Satan. It's just one of the most interesting characters to depict of someone that's going to trick you or entice you to sin. Like, you can't just have the evil person. It's got to be like, hey, he's a good-looking guy. Like, I would follow that guy, Yeah, which is probably more accurate. Speaking of which, uh, just just stuff we've watched. This just reminded me. I want to get this out before I forget. Have you? Did you watch the the, uh, Val Kilmer documentary yet? Val? No. Oh, man, you you gotta. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, um, I think when I started really paying attention in terms of like an artistic aspect of like respecting horror movies as a genre mm. was when I started watching like The Exorcist and and some of these other movies that are just kind of the the real important movies of the genre. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, there's a lot of good stuff in here, and it's not just you know. Wanting to be scared. Hey, voicemail number two. Okay, so I totally forgot what I was going to say, and now I just remembered. Um, I just wanted to point out, I don't know if anyone else had this experience, but the Evil Dead 2 VHS box scared 
the absolute crap out of me as a kid. The um, the skull with the, the eyeballs, I don't know, there was something about that, that when I was a kid, I had to avoid it at all times. Like, I saw it, I don't know if this is part of the movie, because I hadn't seen that movie in, gosh, like 20 years, but something with, like, the skull on the floor just comes to mind, and ever since then, that has been, like, scared the crap out of me. So, I don't know, I just wanted to put in that fun little thing about me. Okay, bye. What movie was she talking about? She's talking about Evil Dead 2. The skull in the floor. I can't even. I can't I remember it. I don't. Um, oh, this one. Let's see. Show. Hold on. Oh. I clicked on the thing here, like that. Oh, 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 yes. Okay, she's talking about the box art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Definitely. That was one of the. That was one of the ones that stuck out to me as well. Um, that and Dead Alive. Yeah, uh, with the with a little skull in the girl's mouth, and she's so surprised yeah. that there's a skull in there. For me, it was Ghoulies, which we reviewed as a patron only, like super special episode. What what, what tier is that for? Uh, the three spoopy, are uh, it's the thirty dollar tier. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Every month on that tier, we review a, mo- a movie that only gets released. That review is gets has, is super pretentious and it has no commercials. Yeah, if you if you like bonkers paper. movies like Don't Breathe Two, you'll love Ghoulies. Oh my god, dude! You know I watched Ghoulies Two right after that because I was so smitten with Ghoulies, and in some ways it's better. Uh-huh. Um, I don't I don't see how that could be possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people said about Don't Breathe, but here we are with Don't Breathe Two, shining masterpiece. Thanks for calling, Elizabeth. I like. Hey, my guys. This is CJ from Massachusetts. So that means I must automatically be from Boston, right? Boston. So I wanted to throw another uh, weapon into the whole spear versus bat debate. And uh, what do you guys think about a spear gun? Let me know your thoughts. That's just. I think. I think we can. We can all agree that that's just (laughs) insane. It's insane, right, Bryce? I th- well, I mean, the whole argument is around melee weapons. So, a spear gun is a gun. Like, uh, not only that, it's just it's just impractical. I mean, is this what people are like over there on the East Coast? Compared, to- is this what they're like, Bryce? Is this okay with you? How do you feel about a spear gun? I mean, if you have a choice between anything and a gun, any type of gun, you choose the gun. What? This is a spear gun. Like, you don't have like a quiver of spears on your back. It's just got a spear with a rope on it. Hmm. You're fucked. You get one shot, and it better be good. And hopefully it's in the water. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. No. CJ, bad. Bad. It's weak. God. It's Michael from Nebraska, and I was wondering how you, David, and Bryce meet. I was just curious. Show me how those tits fart. I was wondering how you were, how those tits fart over there. How did we meet, Bryce? Um, we worked at the same place. I was in the group interview for David and and saw that he lived in Vancouver, and I insisted that we carpool. I was like, to it to an uncomfortable degree. I was. I came home that day after the interview, and I said to Carrie, "There's this guy," and he was like so insistent. That I carpool with him. I'm not gonna fucking carpool with him. This I don't I don't know this guy from Adam, but he was like, Oh, it's gonna happen. And then it happened. I don't know why I was I'm, like I was so like I was like, ugh. Like that's the total wrong approach to take with me right off the bat. 
But it worked, uh-huh. apparently. Yeah, it, it started retro- a podcast going for three years. In retrospect, I have no idea, like knowing you more now, I have no idea how I got you to carpool with me. Well, I think I drove it a couple times and immediately realized that, oh, this is why this guy was so insistent about carpooling. Right. right. I mean, the point is, like, you get the carpool lane back. Right. So it changes a 40-minute so, commute to I, I, 20 minutes. I'm so fucking irritated at Portland. I'm ah, such a stu- God damn it. They've had 30 years to do anything about anything about transportation. Anything. That's the last time anything significant happened in the transportation sector in Portland. There's a 205 edition of the 205 bridge in like 1990. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed since then. We still have a six lane, a three lane one way, three lane the other way bridge going across I-5. It's nuts. What is happening? They only give us a diamond lane coming back? Mm-hmm. That only benefits them. Right. I. This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate this. Uh-huh. I hate... Uh-huh. Getting me so worked up. Yeah, I don't I get, know how like, this happened. I get strangely, like, you know, interested in in, uh, in commuting options, you know? And I really, like, I'm an advocate for, like, don't don't just drive in to Portland. Don't do that. That's that's what schmucks do. It's like, take the express bus in. Yeah, yeah can, the express can, bus is the way to go. You can sit, browse the internet... Like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, you don't even notice it. To me, when I would get on that express bus, it was like, it was like this, as soon as the engine started, it was like every ounce of my body just was like, it's time to go to sleep now. <laughs> and then i just fall asleep and I'd wake up some, I, I, and then infinity would pass and then, and then I'd wake up at my destination. So yeah, I convinced David to carpool with, with me and, uh, and that's where, uh, budding relationship started and i think like within the third or fourth carpool we got in an argument (laughs) sounds like me where it was like okay um that was surprising like how how uh extreme it got very quickly and i was like hmm i'll do that and we've uh we've learned how to communicate better so much that we have a three-year-long podcast yeah and it's not easy. Um, You're a very difficult person. Here is the last voicemail. This is just from yesterday. Hi, this is John, uh, also nicknamed the Creepy Colorado, and wonder where I'm from. Um, I just wanted to let you know I found your podcast earlier this month. Um, I'm definitely going to be coming on Patreon at the end of the month so I get my finances work. But I wanted to call and let you guys know I'm going to start pestering you once a week to let you know the information you may have known. First off, pentagram was actually used by Christianity in the 14th century, not just Wiccans. Second, whore is actually a street term for homies on the real. So everyone that's listening to the podcast is a definite homie. Third, you're both wrong. Spear requires a lot of skill to use in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Baseball bat is very heavy. Mm. Best weapon for zombie apocalypse, crowbar, hands down. Tool, it's heavy enough to break in bow, and you can re- wield it repeatedly because it's tempered and weighed that way properly. Mm. So, honestly, a crowbar is crowbar, so... baseball bat, then spear. This Love you guys. Guy. Again, at the end of this month, near the end of August, I'll definitely be a Patreon. 
Again, this is the creepy Colorado. Okay, Bye. I don't want to offend John because he's saying he wants to be a patron, but um, I think we can both you again. We can both agree that it's not the crowbar. It's the crowbar is so much heavier than a bat, so much heavier, and it's just super short. I would say uh, I would take the crowbar over the bat. Uh, I would, I would, I would take because uh, I your, think the crowbar has, mom, has much uh, more. Uh, you, you're stupid. <laughs> oh, you know what? It depends on the length of the crowbar. Yeah, that's what she said. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say like one of the. Uh, You're talking about a pry bar now. Yeah, like it's a not pry a crowbar bar. anymore. It's a pry bar. You know, what? not not like a pry bar length, but not like not like a man length crowbar, but like I don't know, like arm length crowbar. Not that's like a, the not like the little you're talking, like the small ones a cat's paw oh, the big okay. ones a crowbar the the med, regular size ones a crowbar and the long ones a uh, is a pry bar and a pry bar is horrendously heavy uh, and no one should use yeah a, a pry I bar. would so yeah I could I could see the benefit of that but I'm still sticking with spear I still disagree that it is a necessarily a skilled weapon because unskilled people use it all the time. All the time, they're just. You should see. You should see the people. You know. You know. Just. Mm-hmm. Just people constantly uh-huh. for recreational activities wielding spears. Mm-hmm. You know, not not like baseball at, at all, where where people are just like uh-huh. you know, just winging, just crowbars around. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, John, for calling in. That's. I hope he becomes a patron, and then uh, and then then I can't say anything bad about his crowbar thing. Mm. And I have to be like, yeah, crowbar. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> So that's the voicemails. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening to the show. Want to also give thanks to oh no. our patrons. Oh no, what are you doing? Our new patrons. Yeah, who are they? Kate R, Carly D, Russell L, and Leroy E G. What about Arrow Wolf? Yeah, that's Russell L. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for joining our patron. We, I mean, I can't express how much. That helps us out. I can. Like, it's a huge support for the show and allows us to do lots of cool things and support the growth of the podcast. Honestly, anything that you give us, we're just pumping back into the podcast and to make it better and bigger. Uh, is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. Please share the podcast with a friend. That's the other way that we grow. Um, you know, saves us money on advertising if you just do the outreach for us. Um, also... Again, go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon in the next week, go to horrormovietalk.com and click through the Amazon button in the banner, and then we get a little taste of that. Helps us out. Um, Y'all have a good week. And that's it. And we love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror Movie Talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Kiss, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson.
social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. The global fucks hard, professional sex expert. Afterpods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper. Don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Putting pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Killer on the phone, ain't no sharing stone. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of poop monster kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shutter and jump scares, they fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, they spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them. I will suck your dick. I will suck your fucking dick. I will do it. Just join my team. I'll suck your dick. You can fuck me or get fucked by me. You can watch me fuck something. Just point something in the room and I'll fuck it for you. Come on, just tell me what you want me to fuck. Jesus Christ, MacGruber. Just tell me what you want me to fuck.